0: Um, There's a lot of misinformation about ADHD medication, that it can be addictive, which of course, if you're neurotypical, if you don't have ADHD, don't take a stimulant medication, okay? (laughs) like That's not going to be good for you. But therapeutic doses of ADHD medication actually prevent addiction. Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth?
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bunny Hugs Mental Health. I am your host, Todd Rennebaum. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. This week, I am speaking with Kristen Carter. She is a podcaster and an ADHD coach. Actually, she's uh, she instructs ADHD coaches how to be ADHD coaches. Uh, so I'm not really sure what that title is. But anyway... She is a very lovely lady who has a lot of great information on ADHD. Uh, she's very well versed and her podcast is called I have ADHD, uh, which I think is a great title for a a podcast, but on her podcast, it's so informative and so good. You can learn all types of strategies and have, get so many tools and stuff. It's, it's almost like having a free ADHD coach, uh, in a way so. Uh, I highly recommend listening to her podcast if you or someone you love has has ADHD and want to learn more about it and how to to manage it and cope with it and stuff. So yeah, it's Kristen Carter. I have ADHD, but before we get to that, I'd like to speak a little bit about next week's episode and it is, um, it's a doozy. Uh, it's with a gentleman named Daniel and I don't want to give too much away, but Daniel has never spoken publicly about uh, an incident he was in uh he did end up doing some some jail time for this incident uh it is heartbreaking and it's just uh, this is probably the most emotional and powerful episode I have ever done uh and it is it's a longer one I, I thought about doing it in two parts but uh it's just you just want to listen to it all so um, I, I don't want to give too much away, but, um, I'm telling you, it's the most powerful and most emotional episode I've ever done. And he, he actually reached out to me. He was looking for some, uh, resources and some services and stuff. And I helped him out there and then we just got talking and, um, and yeah, he's decided to, uh, to tell his story on the podcast. So thank you, Daniel. Uh, anyway, that's next week. And if you've been listening for a while, or if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I do Instagram lives once in a while. I try to do them weekly, but uh, it, it's 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 hard sometimes. People's schedules don't work out, and uh, I had one cancellation the other week, and then this week, <laughs> uh, my friend Hannah Grieve, she spoke with me, but I did something wrong, and I wasn't able to post it afterwards, so unless you were there live, you, there's no way you can watch it, so anyway... Um, I'm gonna try and do some more. I don't have one scheduled this Monday, but you never know. Uh, short notice I might have something on there. So uh feel free to please follow me on Instagram at Bunny Hugs Podcast. And you can also follow me on Facebook at Bunny Hugs and Mental Health and on TikTok at Bunny Hugs Podcast. And please, please, please rate and review the podcast on Apple. And word of mouth is also really, really great. So please tell people about the podcast. Real quick story here, uh, earlier this week, I was in Regina, which is the capital city of Saskatchewan. And, uh, speaking of ADHD and having uh, a guest about ADHD, I, I, I forgot my wallet and I lost my wallet somewhere in the city and I had to leave the city and, um, it was all chaos. Uh, I think I had left it at a coffee shop, uh, but they were closing just as I was leaving uh, it was a nightmare for me and I stressed out a bit, but anyway, uh, I would manage to get a hold of the, the owner or the manager through Facebook. That cafe is called Naked Bean Espresso Bar and Cafe. They are on 2505 South Broad Street in Regina. And they were so kind. They, they left their house, met me at the cafe, opened up and, and gave me my wallet back. So thank you so much for that. Uh, and, uh, they have really great coffee and great sandwiches and stuff. So go check them out. So anyway, thank you so much for that. Uh, I, I appreciate it. So if you're ever going for coffee and you choose to lose your wallet somewhere, I suggest you do it at the Naked Bean Espresso Bar. This week, like I said, I'm speaking with Kristen Carter. She's a podcaster and ADHD coach instructor lady, and just an all round great lady. <laughs> so anyway, without further ado, I will give you Kristen Carter.
0: Okay, and we're going to set the computer on Do Not Disturb.
1: Your computer disturbs you? Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> Doesn't yours?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Doesn't yours? Or am I the only one?
1: Um, Well, with someone also with ADHD. I was just diagnosed three months ago.
0: Oh, congratulations-ish. Thank you. Ish.
1: Yeah, no, it's been wonderful. Um, Good. I bought a computer six months ago. It's sitting over here just off camera, and uh, <laughs> that's one of my... Things I avoid doing because I don't know how to do it and I'm not good at it and it scares me. So it's a perfectly good computer just sitting on a table, sitting right there.
0: (laughs) I totally get that. If I wasn't married to my husband, I also would just not have any of that stuff. But because I can just, I have the luxury of being like, Hey, I need a new computer. And then, Hey, can you please set it up for me? It's so luxurious. It's great because, yeah, I would also not be able to do any of that.
1: Well, I, I almost <laughs> passed away last weekend um, due to frustration. Uh, my wife oh my b- got new phones because whatever, our contracts ended. So she she had to get us new right. phones. And, yeah, there was uh, an internal meltdown a couple times of.
0: 100%. <laughs> I love how you say that. I almost passed away due to frustration. <laughs> I totally relate to that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah hardcore
1: and then she got mad at me because i was getting mad of
0: course
1: well i kind of was mad at her (laughs) I was like why'd you get me a new phone i just got this one the way i like it
0: (laughs) i also feel that way when my phone updates like why are you changing everything like i just i want it the way it is i do not consent to these updates
1: especially when nothing changes but everything it's like you didn't add anything you just changed and moved everything around
0: Exactly. It's so annoying. It's like when the grocery store reorganizes. It's like why it doesn't. I liked it the way it was. Yeah. Well, it's great to meet you. Yes, you,
1: you too. Um, yeah, we're already on a bit of a tangent. Um, <laughs> I love your podcast. It. Um, Thanks. Um,
0: cool.
1: And I, cool. And you know, I I can't explain why mm. for me. Anyway, I I just yeah. I don't know if you it's because the way you explain ADHD stuff or. if You know what I mean? I don't know.
0: I I like
1: things, and I don't know why I like things, but I like your thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for liking my thing.
0: That means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. It's it's really fun um, to be someone that people enjoy listening to. That's a that's a really fun thing for me, Um, and to hear that people enjoy the podcast is awesome, and I. I I love having a podcast. I hate podcasting, really. But I love having a podcast. I I love doing interviews, mm-hmm. and I love I love being on people's podcasts. I, I love face to face combos. But when I'm required to sit down and like come up with a solo show, oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why I don't do solo shows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, those are the moments when I'm like, why did I do this? But like it's it's um it's such a good exercise in making myself do something that's hard. And in I mean, I do love to research and I love to write, and I I love all of that, but it's so much work to think. Like thinking is really hard work. And so when I have to do those solo shows, I say have to, like someone's making no one's making me like i'm the boss but still it's so hard sometimes to be like oh god oh god i feel that
1: yeah um the one i listened to the most recently was the i think it was the last of your series for executive functioning is that what it's called mm-hmm. executive mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and you you mentioned how much you hate doing it <laughs> You're like i'm so glad the series is over but you make yourself do it cuz it's yeah good for you and it's you know, uh, and that you don't yeah. let the ADHD part of you that avoids tasks you don't like doing, you don't let that be an excuse. Mm-hmm. You still you still do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I've spent many many years allowing that to be an excuse, but what I've been able to do um, is really just build my desire for like, why am I doing this? Why does this matter? Um, who is this going to help? Like, why am I bothering? And I think so much of our lives is kind of centered around other people's expectations, all of the shoulds put on us from birth, you know? And I think that um, ADHDers are often kind of allergic to shoulds and we're allergic to being out of alignment with our values. And so I think a big reason why we don't do the things we say we're going to do is because we don't actually want to do those things. So we say we'll do things that we don't actually want to do. And so in the last couple of years, I've really tried to be purposeful with like, what do I want to do? What am I, what are my values aligned with? And so, you know, using that series as an example, I knew that having a seven part series or a six part series on executive functions for the podcast would be Really valuable. Be valuable to the audience. It would be valuable to me to be able to refer back to it. It would be valuable. Um, I train coaches. It would be valuable for them. Like it, the value would be really, really high. And so I was able to lean on that in the moments where I was like, I don't freaking want to do this. <laughs> it's like this is this is too hard, or this is too. Um, sometimes it was boring. Sometimes it was just like uh, what's the word where it's just like, you're mired in research and you're just like, I don't know how to synthesize all of this. Like, I I don't know. Um, in those moments, just being like, okay, what's the value here? What's the point? Uh, does this align with who I want to be and where I'm going? And when you can go back and say like, yeah, it does. That's when ADHDers can make ourselves do so many hard things. I'm sure you've done a ton of hard things. And even just having a podcast and like the having to show up every week, like that is hard. And yeah, when your values aligned with it, when you see the value of it, when you're like, yeah, this is going to mean something, then we can do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah. I, I was actually thinking of the podcast when you're you're saying that because I hate IT. We were just talking about it. It was like, right. how the hell do I do a podcast when I hate computers and I don't, right. know, you know, they just scare the shit out of me. So it was like, right. Well, I just have to learn what I need to learn to do the podcast. I don't have to become an IT specialist. And then I, yeah, you buckle down yeah. and then your confidence boosts and you're like, Hey, I'm not an idiot or lazy or whatever. And, and then, uh, yeah, off to the races.
0: There really is something to be said for, um, trying and failing and trying and failing, and then having a small win yeah, and being like, ah, ah, I see. I, I, I think I can do this. And then you try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. And then you have another small win. And you just kind of like half ass your way to having a podcast or you half ass your way to like having a successful business or whatever. Like it, it, it's never just like a linear journey, right?
1: Wait, are you saying my podcast is half-assed?
0: No, half-ass your way to having a successful (laughs) podcast. That's what I said. Successful, amazing. And that's the thing is um, I think we know, I actually know, and this is research-based that uh, ADHD or struggle with perfectionism. Mm. Uh, Dr. Russ Ramsey says that through his research at um, the university of Pennsylvania, he found that perfectionism is the most commonly endorsed thought distortion for adults with ADHD, meaning obviously it's not a symptom of ADHD or yeah, exactly. It's not um, part of the diagnostic criteria, but we do suffer so much from perfectionism. And so we feel like As soon as we mess up, we should throw in the towel because I just can't do it. Rather than being willing, and I talk about this a lot like being willing to be persistent rather than consistent. We're not going to be consistent. No person with ADHD is ever going to be consistent. No person with mental health issues is going to be consistent. No person with chronic illness. No person with like kids, (laughs) (laughs) like things going on in their lives. Like I just cannot stand the consistency you know vibe with all the boss babes out there being like you just got to be consistent like it's trash no (laughs) you don't have to be consistent all you have to be is persistent and you have to be willing to just kind of do it wrong a hundred times but keep going and that's why like i think half-assing your way to amazing results is the way to go
1: so you have to be consistently inconsistent which we are so we are consistent right
0: whoa maybe when you look back over time, <laughs> mm-hmm. right, you can say, like, oh, I see how I have stuck with that same goal, even though I was on day one of that goal a hundred times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, day one is my favorite. Let's just be on day. Sure, it's fine. I don't have a streak, right? Like, when you have those apps, like the mindfulness apps, or like the wellness apps, they want you to get the streak. Like, no, I'm gonna be, a- it's probably gonna be day one for me over and over and over, but I will day one my way. Toward results,
1: I, I get the biggest dopamine hits on day one. Totally. <laughs> day three totally. It starts getting hard and feeling like work, and it's like, <laughs> eh, I'll go back to day one. That was fun. Um, I totally agree. So a little about me. Um, I had anxiety and depression all my life. I've been in and out of psych wards. I've had suicide attempts, mm. Um, mm. Uh, addiction issues. I've gone through ad- addiction treatment. Six years ago, I got sober and I thought things were good. And then wow. COVID hit, and my anxiety, the depression was a lot, like way better, but the anxiety was mm. still huge. And a year ago, I spent a weekend in the hospital after a panic attack. And mm. I was starting to get suicidal thoughts again because I'm like, not so much that I want to die. It's just like, this is exhausting. How, why I can't break this pattern. I don't know what the hell's going on. And, uh, that's when I started looking into ADHD. And as soon as I got diagnosed, it was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. This, this is, this explains everything. And, Mm. you know, I, I make a lot of memes and jokes about ADHD and, you know, we're quirky and all that stuff, but it is debilitating especially when you have yep. no idea that you have it
0: wow i totally agree and i appreciate you sharing some of your journey with me because it's um some of us have really tender journeys really like a lot of um hmm, there's just like kind of a lot of destruction in our paths you know as we are navigating and Finally, like coming home to a diagnosis for ADHD, because for a lot of people, um, I think it does feel that way, like kind of coming home to like, oh, the, now I can look back through the lens of ADHD and see how all of this makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I remember mm. when I was I was on a waiting list for like eight months or something to get the assessment. Um, and I had, you know, friends and family, they they meant well. And they're very lovely. They're like, you know, what does it matter if you have ADHD? It's just, you know, it's, it's just you being you and you're very special and all that. know, mm-hmm. it was very sweet, but it was like, no, I need a fucking diagnosis. I need, yeah. I need some certainty in my life. And, and now I, you yeah. know, I've seen coaches, I'm on medication. It's like,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: finally I am treating the cause and not the symptoms. Yeah. And I'm, I, 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 it's like, I'm, it's life-changing. I've, and I've heard that over and over mm. from people that it's life-changing and it is. And don't get me wrong, a lot, I've had a lot of fun through my life and a lot of life experiences that I think because of my ADHE is, sure. you know, I've played in bands and I've done artwork and I've done, you know, I've traveled, I've done all the these wacky things and without, yeah. you know, probably neurotypicals don't do. So, mm. you know, there's pros and cons, but now if I could just, now I'm just uh, working on the cons and I'm going to keep the pros, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. I love how Ned Hallowell puts it, it's ADHD is a gift if you can be treated, if you can be like, not everyone has access to a diagnosis. Not everyone is able to even understand what's going on in their brain. And like you said, in those cases, it's debilitating or it can be very debilitating. But if we have the privilege of a diagnosis and treatment and coaches and all of that, um, then that's kind of like unwrapping the gift of ADHD. Cause I challenged him on it. Cause I, I struggle with the, like ADHD is a gift kind of sentiment, but when he explained it to me, I was like, okay. Like I can see that perspective. If you are privileged enough to have a diagnosis and get treatment and have support, I mean, support is everything. The, the more the more that I want to achieve in my life, the more support I need. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I don't ever grow out of needing support. Instead, I'm like, I want to go do that thing. How am I going to do it? What support am I going to put in place? It's never just like, oh, well, my ADHD's been great. Like I don't, I don't need this support anymore. It's like, no, no, no. What else do I need to add in in order to have the support that I need? For my brain to thrive in the ways that it does, in the creativity and the in the drive that it has, um, and so I think that part is so important. And not everyone is has support, and so then it's so debil- debilitating.
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, mm. I've, I wrote down a couple things that um, I, I I'm not sure if they're personality traits or if they're part of ADHD. Mm. Um, and I want your opinion. Uh, small talk. I can't stand it, but I love, <laughs> I love conversation. You know, I love connecting with people. Like, yeah. I, I, since I've started the podcast, it's the happiest I've been because, yes, I'm not isolating. I'm not avoiding small talk and people. I'm actually having really in-depth, amazing conversations. Mm. But I, I live in a small town. I go downtown and run into people. It's like fucking torture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that just me or is that uh, a common thing?
0: I don't feel equipped to speak for the whole community, but I will give some insights into that as far as like, we have an interest based nervous system and small talk is not interesting to most of us. (laughs) And so we are not going to be drawn to talk about the weather or, you know, little Sally's seventh grade class. Like we don't care give me the good stuff because the good stuff is where the dopamine is connecting, having deep conversations. I know it gives you like the, the, the shivers, right? It's like, that is the good stuff. And so just keeping in mind that we have an interest-based nervous system is really helpful because then we can gravitate toward things that are really fascinating to us. And then we don't judge ourselves when like, you know, the checkout person wants to chit chat, and I'm like, I am not here for it. Sorry, I'm not a mean person. I just know that w- this relationship isn't going anywhere, <laughs> right? And so when I know this, re- like, I'm just like, eh. yeah, I'm gonna look at my phone. <laughs> like, I appreciate what you, uh, but I'm gonna look at my phone. So I think just it it can take some of the judgment out of it, you know, mm-hmm. where we don't have to judge ourselves for like. Um, not participating in certain things, like there are certain events that I'm just like I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go, um, and that's okay because I have an interest-based nervous system. And it's not that I, you know, of course there are things that I do that I don't want to do. But as much as I am able to, I I set up my life in a way that's really interesting to me. And like, sure, I, you know, I'm a mom of three. I Uber like second shift for me. Like this is first shift. Love it. This is. The favorite part, my favorite part of the day, I get to like work. I just met with my team, love my team. Like I, I love connecting on podcasts, but then I go home for second shift. I got to make dinner. I got to Uber the kids around. Like that part's not super interesting, but if I can connect with my kids, then like perfect. So like sometimes the only time we get to connect is in the car over a song or something like that. Great. So like I try to make everything as interesting as possible so that I'm not checking out.
1: Mm Hmm. And mm-hmm. someone that wasn't diagnosed until they were 45, uh, I, I, mm-hmm. when I hear stuff like this, or I'm doing some research on ADHD, and they say, here's some strategies, it's like, I actually did those strategies without knowing that, you know, that's what I was yeah. doing.
0: <laughs> amazing. But, that's so amazing. Yeah.
1: Um. But sometimes there was judgment behind it on my part. It's like... I, I, you know, mm. I'm an idiot cause I'm avoid, I'm avoiding people and I'm, I'm a recluse or whatever. Right. So, but now it's right. like, oh, it's just because I've ADHD and I don't. So yeah. Yeah. that yeah. That's the biggest part of the anxiety depression part of it is like, um, mm. uh, what am I trying to say? So the anxiety and the depression I had before being diagnosed was a lot of the internal beating up and not understanding myself. And, and, yes. and now that I've been diagnosed, it's like, Oh. I'm not, you know
0: what I'm trying to say? I totally (laughs) am resonating with what you're trying to say. And I think what it is, is um, when you don't understand ADHD or the way that your brain works, you assume that you're doing it wrong. Everyone else is doing it right and I'm doing it wrong. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken. I shouldn't be acting this way. I shouldn't need all of these things that I need. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And when you have the clarity of a diagnosis, you're able to say, oh, I'm actually not doing it wrong. I'm doing it in the way that works best for my brain. And I think that is such a relief to so many people. It's so validating. It's so relieving to understand like, oh, I'm not just a bad person. I'm not just like interrupting people because I'm a bad person. I'm not late because I'm selfish. I'm not lazy. Oh, that was a big one that I talked about in the self-motivation episode, Yes, which is like, you're not lazy. Stop calling yourself lazy. When I hear ADHD people call themselves I lose my mind because it's not true it is not true Um, and so being able to understand that and filter everything through that lens it it relieves so much judgment so much shame um, so much like self uh, I don't know just like beating yourself up so yeah I totally resonate with what you're saying
1: so I wrote down another thing that might be characteristic but I want to keep talking on this point too Uh, so a big thing for me was like, I, I quit jobs like every two years, either I Mm -hmm. lose interest or it gets hard or Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I I don't agree with management or I have trouble with coworkers because I, for whatever reason. And so I'm like, I was constantly quitting jobs. So then that was a hard one because it's like, I'm a father, I'm supposed to be a provider, but yet I'm Mm -hmm. always starting from ground zero every two years. Or, um, yeah. I, a couple of years ago, I decided I can only work part-time. I can't, I cannot, why am I yeah. forcing myself to work full-time and then beating myself up and getting overwhelmed. And so that, that, that was really hard for me. Um, mm. you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure it's different. I'm sure ADHD affects men and women differently, but for me as mm. a man, that's how I felt. It was like, I'm not adequate as a father, as a husband, as a provider and, mm. uh, this has just been so validating this diagnosis, and it's like, oh, I, I was just coping and uh, coming up with strategies for myself. Um totally. I mean, it still sucks that <laughs> I can't work a full time job, but um, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah, I um, there is a lot of research out there about ADHDers. Maybe not a lot that self-correction. There is some research out there um, about ADHDers and the workplace. And it is kind of sad in a way that ADHDers do tend to under-earn or those who are not diagnosed and treated tend to under-earn. And one of the reasons why is, is exactly what you're describing. It's just like this almost inability to stay somewhere um and kind of like move up the ladder so to speak and i resonate with that so much and i think that now like when someone understands that they have ADHD and they can set their life up around their ADHD then that unlocks the potential for for earning because uh, you can make a lot of money working part time. You can, and especially if you're setting it up in a way that's like leaning toward your strengths and like always new and novel and like changing things around, you can like being trapped in a in a nine to five. That's or exactly an what eight it feels like. It's like I'm
1: trapped here. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Is really um, for many people like it ain't it. You know, and so if you can say like, okay, how do I make the same amount of money in half the time? Like, there's got to be a way to do that. I I think that that is where the ADHD brilliance comes in. That's where the creativity and the drive and the and the being willing to to start new things and like uh, attempt uh, things, take risks that other people wouldn't necessarily be willing to take. I think that that's where it can really play to our benefit.
1: It's funny. I don't consider myself a risk taker. Like I have a brother that's mm. a, a business owner and he's taking risks on like buying property or doing, you know, like sure. financial risks, right? Sure. I, I So I'm horrible at financial risks. It's like, mm-hmm. but I'll, yeah, I'll quit a job, which mm-hmm. is, which is a financial risk in a way, right? Sure. To start <laughs> another job because it seems cool or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of funny, but but I've you know I've I've heard that in ADHD. There's a lot of um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, where it's like you like this, but you can't because of this.
0: Um. You know, it's like I I'm, I
1: I need st- I need structure, but I love. Um,
0: oh yes, yes, yes! Almost like um, what is that word? <laughs> Paradox. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 That's right.
0: There's like a paradox of like I, I crave structure but also don't tell me what to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I need spontaneity <laughs> totally. but I need structure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to be spontaneous but like also can you let me know about it the day before? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> it's raining. Why didn't someone tell me that two weeks ago? It's going to exactly. rain today.
0: <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah, there. I think there is a lot of that, and and I think again, like it just circles back to understanding your brain, like understanding what parts of your life need to be structured and what parts of your life you can be spontaneous in and like where you feel safe to take risks and where you really want to make sure that you're, that you, um, are not taking risks. I, I think that again, it just goes back to like building your self-awareness. Once you have a diagnosis that makes sense, it, it it's an invitation to build your self awareness and to be able to just structure your life in a way that really feels good and right to you. Whereas um, prior to a diagnosis, and you know, if the listener has ADHD or not, like whatever it is for oh, you, I don't have
1: listeners. This is just for me. Come on, this is just for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: The the three listeners out there, <laughs> listen. Here's what I want to say. <laughs> It's just like, if you know more about yourself, you can set your life up for it. Right. And, and I think that that's, what's missing prior to a diagnosis. And for some they're diagnosed in childhood and they're like, I don't really know what that means. Like I was diagnosed at 21, which is super early for a woman. The median age for diagnosis for women is 38. So I am so lucky to have been diagnosed at 21 but I didn't really know what it meant to have ADHD until I was in my mid-30s, right? So I just thought like, oh, yeah, it's not going to pay attention. I didn't know. Like, no, it affects your emotions. It it literally permeates every single area of your life. And literally, everything that I hated about myself, once I learned about ADHD, I was like, oh, it's a symptom. Oh, that's another symptom. Like everything. So once I really began to uncover those symptoms, I was able to just be like, okay, Kristen, you're not a terrible person. You're not the worst thing to happen to this world or to your family or to your friends. Like, You're actually struggling with a neurodevelopmental disorder that when is treated and supported is is really like you can really, um, it's livable. That's not a the right way to say it, but like you can live with it, it's fine, but it needs to be treated and supported in order for that to be the case.
1: I I, I look back in life and I wonder, when did I catch it? Mm. No, I'm kidding. I, it's not something you catch, is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's such an interesting question because- Is it infectious? Forever, <laughs> it's contagious, it's airborne. Be careful, everyone. <laughs> But it is a, it is a really interesting question though, because I do wonder how much of it is nature, how much of it, how much of it is nurture. I know that right now where all of the experts are saying, if you have ADHD, you were born with it, but I've been reading a lot of like Gabor Mate and Bessel van der Kolk and all of these people who are, um, you know, experts in like trauma and complex PTSD and all of that. And it is very interesting. Uh, that's just probably another conversation for another day. But my brain, the the wheels are turning. But right now, yes, the consensus is if you got ADHD, you've always had ADHD. So don't worry, everyone. No <laughs> masks required for ADHD.
1: Speaking of Gabe or Matt, I bought his book about ADHD about a year ago, right when I was kind of mm. wondering about it. And uh, I haven't read a page. It's because... <laughs> I can't, I, I, mean, I can't read. It's not that I can't read or that I don't like reading. Yeah. It's I can't. Yeah. it's just I.
0: Do you like to listen to audiobooks?
1: A while of podcasts, so probably. Yeah,
0: you should listen on audiobook. You should go for a walk or whatever it is you do to move your body, hike, walk, bike, whatever, and listen and absorb some of it.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah,
0: that's what I do. I mean, it's very rare that I'm going to sit down with a paper book.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Me, me too. I need to be doing it like something like I, my wife
0: got to be doing something. Yeah, yeah, I
1: have to be doing something while I'm really? reading. Yeah.
0: One million percent. I
1: can't do that. Yes. I can't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you get an Audible subscription. This podcast is not sponsored by Audible.
1: Neither yeah, is this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you um, listen and you go for a walk or you tinker with whatever it is you tinker with. And you just, yeah, that's what I do. Mm.
1: That's good. That's a good idea. Um, Okay. So here's another thing that I, uh, is this just me or is this uh, a common thing with ADHD? ADHDers. Uh, I have a coffee mug and it's the only cup I use, water, coffee, whatever. If it's not there, I'm like, where's my mug? And my wife's like, I think it's in the dishwasher. I'm like, why would you hide it? Why would you move it? And literally just this morning, uh, and this is what kind of spawned it. I have a pen that someone gave me and I love the feel, the texture. It's the It writes nice. Uh, the button is soft. And uh, someone took it and I was like, where's my pen? And my, my son comes out of his bedroom. I'm like, oh, why'd you touch my pen? So is that is that just a me thing or is that a common trait?
0: Um,
1: In, in your opinion, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know, but.
0: I would say that Likely, a lot of people with ADHD. I would say it's probably split. Half the people are going to totally resonate, and half the people are going to be like, "I don't freaking care what cup I use or what pen. Like, what's a cup? Who cares?" Um, so it's probably a you thing. Oh, I would okay. guess, but I think, like, I we have a you know a shelf full of coffee mugs. There's three that I consent to use. That's it. Like, so I will always choose one of the three. Um, I have this like water bottle, but I also have it in blue, but it's the same water bottle that I just kind of (laughs) rotate through. I have to drink three of those a day. Um, so like there are certain things for sure. And it's so interesting because, um, it's so incongruent because there's a lot of things we do not care about. And then there's going to be like one or two things that it's like, if it's not this, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Right.
1: And And I know, I realize that, you know, not every person with ADHD is exactly the same. You know, there's, right. Uh, you know, there's a list of twenty symptoms, and you can have. You don't have to have all twenty of them. I also right. know that there's right. a a lot of overlap between autism and ADHD, and they're both neuro mm-hmm. And
0: mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring that up, but then I was like, I don't know if that's appropriate to bring up in this in in this instance. But like for sure they're both spectrum disorders and the spectrum does overlap at some point. Right. And so like where someone with autism might be very particular. And of course, not everybody with autism spectrum disorder is going to be particular. It's just, it's hard to speak for communities, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Um, But like there, there might be some like very particularities um, about that. And, and so maybe that's kind of where the spectrums overlap.
1: Um, So I work with a a young guy that's, He's on the spectrum. Um, Occasionally he's, I work with him. And uh, he loves me because he's like, you get me, Todd. (laughs) But, and I get him and it's like, yeah, Yeah. like walking around the house with headphones because I don't like what my wife is watching on TV and stuff. And like, he'll do the same thing. He'll just put in his earbuds and be, work on his own. And it's like, I'm making supper Mm -hmm. with like, I'm listening to paranormal podcasts because I don't like, you know whatever my wife is watching um and yeah it's like and and i i used to feel guilty doing that and now it's mm. just like ah oh, no this is just you know i'm not disassociating from my wife i'm right. i'm just i this is just how what my brain feels good doing and if she accepts that mm. then that's
0: cool that's amazing that she ac- accepts it. That's
1: amazing. I've never asked her, actually. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe she is like, what an asshole. <laughs> Anytime we're alone, he's putting on his headphones.
0: That's <laughs> oh, so great.
1: I love it. I'm assuming she accepts it. Uh, speaking of relationships and ADHD, we're kind of all over the place because it's like, it depends if you're already treated and diagnosed as opposed to... Mm. Being in a long-term relationship and not being diagnosed till later, like do you, do you find that people with ADHD have trouble with relationships? Again, I you don't I know I'm asking a very broad question, but
0: I mean, yes, I think that's a very easy one to answer. Absolutely, yes, because so many of the symptoms that we have are just obnoxious traits, right? So like if you think about other people ADHD symptoms. Right. Well, even <laughs> just to me, oh. like my impulsivity is annoying, right? Uh, so I'm impulsive, I'm time blind, I'm emotionally dysregulated. Like all of those traits are hard. They're just hard to live with. And so um but then I also want to wrap in something that you said earlier, which was like I didn't know that this was ADHD and so I was full of guilt and full of shame. And so there's that aspect as well where we with ADHD, yes, can be sometimes really difficult in relationships, but also because of that guilt and shame that we feel, we often will tolerate way more than we should from the people in our lives because we are always assuming that we are the problem. We are always assuming that it's our fault. We're always used to being the one on the receiving end of the critical feedback. And so it's really hard for ADHDers to hold other people in their relationships accountable because it's like, well, I know my side of the street is super messy. How dare I, you know, ask someone else to keep their side clean? And so we are often in relationships where we are not holding people accountable. And so we're really susceptible to emotional abuse, psychological abuse, lots of lots of relationship abuse because we are so used to being the problem all the time.
1: Is it can it go the other way too? Like for me, I'm quitting jobs at the drop of a hat because it's like, well, oh, I don't like how you're doing that. So then translate into my relationship. It's like, oh, she keeps hiding my mug. I'm out of here. <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it it really Um, It depends on how self-aware you are, right? And so if I am a self-aware person with ADHD, I can be really annoyed at my boss and also know that I want to keep my job. Right. Right. So I can, I can hold those two truths, but if I don't have a diagnosis or if I haven't done much self-development work, I'm really annoyed at my boss and I'm like, I'm out of here. Right. So it just, it, it really depends on kind of how far along you are in your self-development journey. Um, for me, I didn't really start self-development work until my late thirties. And so I was like, I was a hothead. I was I was the problem most of the time in a lot of my relationships, right? Like, I I know that, but also, also, I was uh, a magnet for narcissists, magnet hmm. for narcissists, um, and I I didn't recognize red flags in relationships, and so like it was a both and thing, and and
1: there's that paradox
0: totally, and one of the things that I really work hard to help my clients with is like, yes, take responsibility for your ADHD. Yes. Like pinpoint the areas where you need to change. Yes. Make sure that you are um, being self-aware and that you're taking ownership, but also there are Um, a lot of people out there who are not kind. And so let's make a very uh, clear distinction between safe people and unsafe people. And that's something that I talk to my clients about constantly is just really being able to recognize who in their lives are safe, meaning who in their lives are trustworthy, are um, accepting of them, are kind are, um, willing to own their own mistakes, who are receptive to feedback or who are willing to accept an apology, like those kinds of things. And then who in their life are, um, manipulative and, uh, and defensive and all of those things. Right. So like being able to see through the lens of like, okay, these, this is my safe group over here where I know I'm, I'm able to be myself. And this is an unsafe group over here where they're still in my life, but I'm going to be really self-protective around them. Hmm.
1: Yeah. That's great that you tell people that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) I learned that kind of the hard way, I guess, too. But um, a lot of that got solved once I got sober, actually. Um, Mm. I don't know if my lens just changed once I got sober. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. why, Why am I... Why am I best friends with this person for 10 years? And it's like yes. so much work to be friends with them. Yeah. And why am I hurting other people that are like, you know, just do anything for me and support me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, once, once that lens kind of cleared up, it was like, oh, mm. uh, and my friendship circle got a lot smaller, but it was, you know, I, I say now my life is more quant- quality, not quantity, right? The friendships and stuff.
0: That's something that my therapist, like, I've been on a journey in the last like two and a half years, and my friendship circle has gotten so small. And I've said that to my therapist a couple of times like, "Am, am I just like, is this okay? Like, I used to be someone who, um, just had so many connections, so many relationships. I, friendship is like, maybe not deep friendships, but like connected to everybody, talking to everybody. And now just like, it's a small circle. And she she said, the healthier you get, the smaller your circles will be. Hmm. Interesting. I know. Huh. So like, well done.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I came up with some of these gold strategies. Gold stars, gold stars <laughs> for my therapist. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've yeah, I've come up with some of these strategies just without being diagnosed. But yeah, but same thing. It was like I was questioning every decision I was making and judging myself yeah. for it. Um, yeah, and, and one was uh, like I was talking about quitting jobs and stuff. And it was like I one day I was like, "Fuck it, this is just how I am. Like whatever." Good. And, yeah. you know, cause you know, you, you worry about what my parents think or what my in-laws think, you know, oh, Taw's quitting another job or, or what, you know, you worry about what mm-hmm. people think. I worry about what, what my mm-hmm. wife thinks, you know, am I a bad uh, example for my children? Are they looking at me like, mm-hmm. you know, so, but then one day I was like, like fuck it, just whatever. This yeah. is how I, I'm going to cope through life. Again, mm-hmm. though, you know, there was internal judgment and stuff. And then I got yeah. diagnosed and it was like, no, this, I was doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I often wonder like, which is the better example, someone who stays in a job that they hate or someone who's committed to finding something that works well for them?
1: Right. Well, it's funny. I was just talking to my sister-in-law the other day. So that's my wife's brother's wife. uh, She was just recently diagnosed too. And Mm. I was talking about, you know, how I quit lots of jobs and stuff. And she's had the same job for like 25 years. And mm. we were both kind of laughing how that paradox again. But she said, I've been, I haven't had the same job. I've just been in the same company for 25 years. So I've bounced around for job to job. Oh, gender. yes. I was like, yes, Oh, ah, yeah. okay. Um, so, but still, yeah. she was like awarded this 25 year service award. And, uh, yeah. just because she was with the same company. But anyway, um, so yeah, there's hacks. There's hacks you can totally. do. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> it was a, you know, it was a government a company too, right? So, mm. She wasn't starting from the bottom every time or having to. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: It's so great that she was able to get a diagnosis because I've heard. um, Oh, my gosh. This was just recently. Like, there are some clinicians that look at, oh, you stayed in a job for 25 years. There's no way you could have ADHD, Hmm. Um, which is so dumb. And so it's just so ignorant. But. Uh, because clinicians don't have a full understanding of ADHD and what it entails, they'll make those judgments of like, "Oh no, you like you're a doctor, you couldn't have ADHD. You're a lawyer, you you never would have been able to pass the bar if you had ADHD." Like that, all of that is just BS. Like, there are so many successful people out there with ADHD, or people you know who've stayed in the same job for twenty five years or whatever. It's just a matter of like, what is the behind the scenes? been like Mm -hmm. has it been harder for her than for her colleagues has she bounced around within that company more than you know her her peers like all of that is what needs to be taken into account
1: Mm -hmm. the most frustrating thing that happened to me when I was looking into getting assessed someone said well go to your family doctor start there so Mm -hmm. being in a small town our family doctors They're like me with jobs it's like every two years we have a different doctor move through town so anyway first time i'm meeting this guy he he sits me down he's like okay what can i help you with i said well i'm i'm looking to see if if i have adhd and he he laughed he said no no you don't have adhd
0: that is so infuriating (laughs) how would he know i'm gonna start yelling
1: what at least then That's he starts reading my chart. Ridiculous. He's like anxiety, depression, uh, let's see, uh, you've been in treatment. Yada yada uh, yeah. No, I, I've worked with ADHD children. I could tell you right now you're not ADHD. Ah. <gasps>
0: Idiot.
1: Yeah. So then I'm sorry. Yeah, it was it was it was very discouraging. So then It was a long process to try and get assessed, let's put it that way. I don't know what it's like in in other states and other provinces. I'm in Canada, Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. um, but yeah, it took a while, but I got it, just you have to keep at it, right? It's, It's unfortunate. It's
0: one of those things that you have to stick with and be persistent about. And also I always recommend that people kind of try to educate themselves before they go in, maybe go in with a list of symptoms, like try to remember everything you can about these symptoms and like how they've played out throughout your life. Some doctors hate that though. They're
1: like, Oh, you think you know better than me? Oh, oh, you were just on TikTok and saw a video and Oh, don't worry.
0: I've heard, I've I heard just that from people. think that clinicians can be very difficult and it is such a disservice to humanity, not even just people with ADHD, <laughs> yeah. but to humanity because, um, And even when people say like, oh, everyone, yeah, exactly the TikTok thing, or like everyone's diagnosed with ADHD, or everyone thinks they have ADHD, like that is not true. ADHD is not overly diagnosed. If anything, it is probably underdiagnosed. And it is such, like I said, such a disservice to humanity to not be open to the possibility because there are so many people suffering. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That could be helped.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a long process. Uh, A couple things. Yeah, a couple things that got me thinking about it was actually I was at a family reunion and all my cousins and uncles were talking about their ADHD and I was like, huh, Mm. what? (laughs) Like you guys all have ADHD? And they're like, oh yeah, aren't? Well, you have it. I'm like, I do. Like, absolutely. I'm like, huh. So, you know, I started researching and there are tic- yeah. amazing TikTok videos and Instagram memes and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I thought it was just the spazzy kid in grade two. Right. I had right, no right, idea right, right, of this. Right. Like, it's oh. a lot of it's internal and there's different kinds mm-hmm. of ADHD and all that. Yeah. And then two years later, I finally got diagnosed. But
0: two years. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry it took that long.
1: Well, the first year was me just trying to get the nerve to even look into it. Mm (laughs) Yeah,
0: I get that. I do.
1: Um, What's some misinformation and stereotypes you hear all the time about ADHD? uh,
0: What a great question. Well, thank you. Um, You're so welcome. I've actually never been asked that question and I love it. Um, because I've never been asked, I don't have an answer at the ready. So hang on, let me file through my brain. The biggest one, uh the biggest ones that come to mind immediately are that it's overdiagnosed, which it's not, um, that it's over medicated, which it's not. Um, there's a lot of misinformation about ADHD medication, that it can be addictive, which of course, if you're neurotypical, if you don't have ADHD. Don't take a stimulant medication, okay? <laughs> like that's not going to be good for you. But therapeutic doses of ADHD medication actually prevent addiction. Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? Get out of but here! There's, I will not get out of here. Oh. So, th- someone with ADHD who is untreated has a very high um, likelihood of becoming addicted to drugs, alcohol, other self medicating things um that number drops significantly when they are properly treated for ADHD i have a wow. podcast episode called the dangers of ADHD i talk about all of that um and i and i go through this like research uh paper that talks all about it. So uh, people with ADHD have a higher untreated people with ADHD who are untreated have a higher likelihood of addiction, car accidents, uh, divorce, um, incarceration. Hmm. Um, And But if you are treated for ADHD, if you're medically treated for ADHD, um, all of that drops significantly. And so the the misinformation about ADHD medication—how it's like, oh, it's it's addictive, it's addictive. It's not addictive to people with ADHD. It actually prevents people with ADHD from developing addictions. So, just like, it, uh, that makes me so angry. Um,
1: oh, but you've also like, I'm I'm living my life backwards again now, and it's like because I've been through treatment and stuff. I was like, right? Oh, right. Uh, you know, right? like I know I was self-medicating, but. Wow.
0: You blew my mind. Perhaps perhaps one of the reasons why you were self-medicating was ADHD and not being treated for it. And of course we can't ever know, but like if you had been diagnosed and treated, would you have turned to substance misuse? We don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But like it would have definitely lowered your chances of... Um, well, statistically speaking, statistics and research tells us that it probably <laughs> would have lowered your chances for turning to that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it it makes sense. Um, of course, we have to be careful with like having therapeutic doses of it and making sure that the person that we're treating has ADHD. But like, mm-hmm. don't tell me that it is addictive. It's not addictive to people with ADHD.
1: Hmm. Wow.
0: Hmm. Thank Mm -hmm. you for that. You are so welcome.
1: Um, (laughs) I I noticed that since I've been diagnosed, so I've been advocating for mental stuff and addictions and stuff for years. And it's like, uh, now that I've come out as ADHD, it's like, I I almost feel like some people are like, have now like tuned out of my Mm. stuff or like, or I get an eye roll or it's like, are you Mm -hmm. sure? You know, stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I've even had someone tell me they don't even believe in ADHD that you know stuff like this, and it's like I was better supported, I feel like almost, or better understood when I just told people I had depression, anxiety, and addiction, and now that I'm like oh, I have ADHD, it's like oh yeah, well I think doesn't everybody or it doesn't exist, but at the same time, I it's still life changing for me. Like I don't care what they think. <laughs> it's like
0: <laughs> for sure, but the fact that that stigma even exists mm-hmm. is so heartbreaking because. Um. yeah, I think that it really is considered a childhood disorder. Mm-hmm. And I think that adults with ADHD are often really looked down upon. And it's kind of just like, just like clean up your act, make a list, set an alarm. It's not that hard. Yeah.
1: It's character flaw. It's not a disorder.
0: Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what is so... Um, that can be crippling for us, right? Because of course, for the first thirty-five years of my life, I thought it was character flaw. I thought everything about me was a character flaw. Um, and now that my ADHD is treated, I really understand it. I am well supported. I can look and say and see, make the distinction between like, of course, I have character flaws, one hundred percent, but my time blindness is not one of them, mm-hmm. right? My my working memory issues is not one of them. Like, yes, I have character flaws, but my ADHD symptoms are not included in that list of character flaws.
1: Thank you so much, Kristen. I very, very much appreciate you taking some time to speak with me one-on-one on my podcast and, uh, I meant what I said, I, I really do enjoy your podcast. I think it's great and I, and you are lovely. So, uh, thank you so much again. Next week, don't forget I'm speaking with Daniel and you don't want to miss that one. It's, it's, uh, I, like I said, I don't want to say too much, but, uh, it's, it's a very emotional and very raw episode. So, uh, you can check that out next week until we meet again, please remember to make your beds and take your meds. Bye.